Hi, I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick, and I'm here today with Janine Van Gool of Uppercase Magazine, and this is the podcast Create Beauty Every Day from Deanne Fitzpatrick Studio and www.hookingrugs.com. So, hey, Janine, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Deanne. Good. I'm really glad to be here with you. Um, first of all, I love your magazine, Uppercase Magazine. Thank you so much. And you need to tell our listeners about it. We have, we usually get about a thousand listeners on our podcast over time. So it's, I don't know if everybody listens all the way through or not, but let's get them right at the start about Uppercase. <laughs> sure. Well, um, Uppercase is a magazine I founded in 2009. So it's been around for a while now for an independent magazine. That's quite yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, and the tagline is for the creative and curious. So that's a pretty broad mandate, but it is really for people who like to explore creativity. So um, it's about art and design, illustration, typography, craft. Um, it's about making things um, with your mind or with your hands mm -hmm. and celebrating the beauty of that lifestyle. Um, and I remember, I forget which issue it was in, but featuring one of your rugs and it was a create beauty every day. Yeah, rug. that's right. It was, it was, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember which issue that was, but I still I don't remember. No, I've been in two issues. You also did a, you did one issue that was just on rugs. I remember that. Yeah, that was more recent. It was about um, rug hooking and punch needle. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and so it, the magazine always has a topic, right? Each month you decide on a topic. Um, well, it's quarterly. Quarterly, <laughs> so, sorry. Quarterly. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. Um, there are loose themes because with a, such a broad creative and curious, that's just, that's pretty much too wide open. So I do try yeah. and pick a couple themes to help focus my um, curating and the kind of content. So there's typically a theme that is very... Um, um, like a practical theme, like so I'm working on issue 46 right now, which will be out in July. And so one of the themes is collage. And so that's like a practical thing that people can react to collage and we'll have collage artists and there's open calls for people to, to um, explore collage in specific ways. And then one of the more, um, I guess, open to interpretation themes is about bits and pieces. So whether that's like the bits and pieces of ideas that you discard and come back to later or the scraps <laughs> of, of making a quilt or using the little bits and pieces of a, of a leftover rug hooking project and putting yeah. them in somewhere else, like that's one of the other themes. So that's, that's I guess, the two majors in that, that issue. So I like to have two things that helped me focus my ideas. Janine, it's not just your... Um it's not just your magazine, your quarterly magazine that you put out, but you have a set of encyclopedias. That's right. <laughs> if, yeah, as if I didn't have too much to do. But um, yeah, they're called the Encyclopedia of Inspiration. And it's a way for me to explore topics that I really love in a, in a deeper way and to feature more artists. So um, each one has a specific topic so right now I'm working on one about ceramics and that's with two co-authors. Um, Julia and Carol are working on the, the writing aspect and we've been curating it together. 
Um, and then I'm also working on one called Yarn, Thread and String that will come out late this year. And that is um, still floating around in my head, but I have a long list of people that I'd like to ask to be in it. Um, and it's people who um, are actually making and manufacturing Yarn, Thread and String as well as using them in creative ways. Yeah. Um, and existing titles in the series are there's one about ephemera, one about vintage life. Um, there's uh, printmakers and um, a few that are out of print now, but it's it's been a fun series to work on for sure. They're some of the most beautiful books I've ever seen. Like they're just, they're the kind of books I ordered a set one winter because I just, you know how when January comes, you just need a little something to pull you along and I I think they're the they're just really interesting and beautiful and they're really for the curious Mm, well thank you yeah yeah Yeah, I really believe like if someone is interested in creativity and they might have their own um, particular focus of expression that they still like to look at other people's outlets and to get inspired by seeing the way other people do their things. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I was first introduced to your magazine, I think it was around 2014 by Susan Black of Susan Black Design. And she said, I think you'd really like this. And that's when I first started subscribing. And uh, I, I have been a subscriber pretty much ever since, I think. And now um, Angela, who works with me, she gets it. it uh, she gets my copy every month. Mm-hmm. Like she gets it first thing because she's a graphic designer. Initially, it seemed like the magazine was geared toward graphic designers, but I think that's changed, hasn't it? It's more, it's broader. Yeah, that's correct. Like I'm a graphic designer by training and that's where the magazine came about initially was as a graphic designer. I was interested in, in t- typography and graphic design and illustration and those sorts of things. But um, I've always secretly and not so secretly wanted to be in textiles and do things that are <laughs> yeah. more gone. And so although at first, the first few issues are, have more of a graphic design bent, um, I just realized that the the more broader I was uh, approaching creativity, then the more people would be interested in it. And um, that there's a lot of people like me who might be graphic de- designers by trade or training, but we want to express our other creative outlets and, and have other ways of, of doing things. So um, yeah, it's definitely changed over the past 10 years and it's a lot more about craft and making them when it started out and Mm. that makes me happy (laughs) yeah I think it's really it has it has broadened I just I you know the thing when I think about you the thing that makes me really curious is like how do you in 2009 like 11 years ago how did you say I'm going to start a magazine like why and how and who did you call (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) The best thing about 11 years ago was I didn't know what I was getting myself into. (laughs) And I didn't have a child 11 years ago. Um, So I had lots of time and I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just willing to experiment and see. Um, I had a little bit of knowledge about magazines and that I had been doing some design for freelance design for some other magazines and publications. Um, and I had learned by observing them what works and what doesn't as far as building a readership and, and managing content and such. So when the magazine that I had been working for, they folded, um, I had the magazine part of my brain was open again to start coming up with my own ideas. And 
2009, there was an economic downturn and a lot of magazines that I was reading were shuttering. Like um, there was Martha Stewart had a really nice magazine called Blueprint mm-hmm. and it was short lived, but it was really nice. And there was Domino, which was an interior magazine that there was, yeah, there, it's still around now. It's in a new iteration, but the one back then um, shut down too. So all the stuff that I was reading was disappearing and I just thought, well, I could, I could make my own magazine. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so, yeah, I just forged ahead. And unlike those, like, big Condé Nast kind of Martha Stewart Living magazines, I don't rely on advertisers because I could see that's where they were having difficulty because when their advertisers would, you know, disappear, then their revenue disappears. So. Yeah. Right from the beginning, my magazine has been supported by its readers through subscriptions and such. So, yeah, that's incredible. You have a you have an incredible news newsletter too that you should tell people how they can how they can join up for your newsletter. Oh, thank you. Um, it's just uh, uppercasemagazine.com and slash free, and then you can sign up to the newsletter there. Yeah. And it's a weekly newsletter, as much as I possibly can make, keep it weekly. And I just talk about what I'm doing behind the scenes and offer um, some creative encouragement when I can and show images and previews of what I'm working on. And then I also have a weekend newsletter and that one's called All About You. Mm -hmm. And that's where readers can submit their work and I show um, what they've been working on too. So it's nice to present the community. You give away a lot of content in those newsletters, really. There's a a lot there to read, a lot to think about and a lot to look at. Well, thank you. Well, you you also have a really great newsletter. I can send it back at you. (laughs) I love love your storytelling. And you always have a really nice uh, personal friendly tone. And it's, they're quite lovely. And I've read so many of your books too. So it's a, we have mutual admiration for it. Definitely (laughs) I do. Um, So were you, were you ever scared? Like, you know, when you started this magazine, like, I mean, did you come from an entrepreneurial background or family? Was it just natural for you or? Um, I don't have entrepreneurs in my family, but when I graduated from art college, um, I had worked for a, a company for about nine months and realized that I never wanted to work for a boss man ever again. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> were fitting in. It was one of those really terrible experiences that you're really grateful for later because it just like defines what you're not going to put up with. Yeah. So I started freelance graphic design really quickly out of college when I was in my early 20s. So right off the bat, I was an entrepreneur in that I had to find graphic design clients and do a good job and find new ones and keep that running to pay my rent and everything. And so um, I just, acclimatized early in my career to doing that and so when I decided to kind of uh, retire from client work and focus on my own publications I had a lot of experience Mm -hmm. up to that point in taking risks and believing in myself and doing all the hard work. And how do you manage to like so you publish the magazine so you look after the financials of the magazine right Mm -hmm. you um, you hire writers uh, but you coordinate the whole editorial schedule and, and you're like, I heard you're a one woman show. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I've had employees at various times, but yeah. 
currently. It's a one-woman operation, and I kind of like it best that way. Mm -hmm. um, it makes it easier in a lot of respects because it's, it's all up here in my brain. I can just <laughs> sort as required. Um, I have a really great roster of regular contributing writers whom I can call upon, and they do an excellent job every time. So they're, they're part of the team. They're, they're freelance, but they're, they're vital. Yeah. Um, and I have a copy editor, Corey Baldwin, who's in Montreal, and he does an excellent job every time of proofing the magazine, and he's also a contributing writer. And my husband, Glenn Dresser, is a contributing writer um, and helps when there's like technical issues that I need assistance with. Yeah. So it, the day to day is me, but I have a really nice uh, group of people to, to work with. Um, and also the printer in Winnipeg, they're called the Prolific Group and mm -hmm. they're terrific. Um, I've been working with them for over 10 years and the magazine is consistently beautifully put, it, put together and their, their print job's great. and. They, they are the ones who get it in the mail for me for subscriber copies and such. Okay. And they ship out. And so they're vital. Good. Yeah, your paper, everything about the magazine, but it's weighty, it's thick. And, you know, you've, you've made, like, you can tell that every, there were, I mean, not clearly there, were, there was choices made about everything. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. if you're going to go do print, you might as well do it really well. Yeah. And, you know, it, it a tactile magazine about craft and making that that the feel of it is important too i think it is i think you're right um jenny what are your favorite magazines i just want to know like what where do you go when you want inspiration hmm. um well there's a nice magazine store actually just down the block from my office so that's just a nice place to go to when i need to um goof off for a little bit um but i usually end up purchasing country living magazine the one from the united <laughs> states yeah, yeah. I like their, um, well, I have a fondness for vintage things and there's always a lot of vintage in there. And uh, that's one that I consistently buy. Um, they usually have some beautiful photography and um, uh, yeah, I just like that one quite a bit actually. And they've, they featured uppercase stuff a few times. So that's always oh, that nice. always feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another one that's more recent to me and it's Annie Sloan, the colorist. Well, so she has Annie Sloan, yeah, Annie Sloan from Chalk Paint. She mm -hmm. has a magazine. It is beautiful. Oh, it I'll have to get that. So nice. Yeah, I don't know how often it's released. I think I have two or three copies. Um, but each one, it's it's a huge advertorial <laughs> for Annie Sloan. Good for it's Annie. All about, it's all about how to use chalk paint. And yeah. uh, in, in it, it's called The Colorist. So she'll pick maybe a couple color themes for that issue and then it explore them um it's beautifully done mm -hmm. uh, it's really really great you know and i'd heard of her before and then i found the magazine and it was so amazing that i went out and bought some paint Did you <laughs> and I, yeah i totally got into it so I've, I've i've done one one project but yeah that's a magazine that i really quite enjoy great that's great thank you i'll have to, i'll have to look at that and for uh most of your work i'm assuming is done online right Yes, yes, it is. Is your yeah. life kind of online, a lot of it? In a way, My I mean, work you know, not is. your life, but your work mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very much um, a lot of writing, like emails and communications. And um, I've built various systems for managing content to keep track of my ideas and what I've assigned and when's, what's due when. And so I'm always kind of tweaking that system. But um, 
yeah, it's very much a, a virtual um, existence yeah. as far as the, the content generating and making sure people are doing their work. Yeah, it's all done digitally. So when you get a good idea right mm -hmm. away, what do you do with it? Well, <laughs> if it's a really good idea, it'll stick with me for a while. Yeah. And it'll sort of percolate. Mm -hmm. And I kind of turn it over in my mind and look at the idea from multiple dimensions to see if it's one that I want to stick, stick around with. Because yeah. if I have an idea, it's going to be the start of a long-term relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to make sure I like it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and, and if it if it makes the cut, then I then I'll put it into my like digital system and mm -hmm. have a place where I can start gathering ideas relating to it and uh, see how I wanted to make it happen. So you kind of take it slow with ideas. Is that what you're telling me? Um. Yes and no. If it's really good, I like to seize the inspiration and just mm -hmm. go with the energy. Um, but things like the say the Encyclopedia of Inspiration. Um, I had ideas for books that I wanted to do and they were, I was mulling them over for quite a while because I didn't know how to do them so that it would still make sense to be coming from uppercase. But yeah. then once I had the idea of, oh, I could just put all these diverse ideas in an encyclopedia series, then I can do like a new book about any topic and it can just be part of this encyclopedia. And then so that just made sense and then once i figured that out then it was full speed ahead so yeah it depends yeah you got yeah. a big mind yeah. <laughs> i think you do like i think you i think your mind is able to contain a lot yeah i'm very grateful that i can i can stack a lot in there <laughs> yeah it's great it's yeah. a it is a thing to be grateful for i think mm -hmm. a good mind yeah. like that yeah i think you know that's what i'm often attracted to like the first time i saw that magazine i think i thought oh wow there's something going on here you know and i and i feel that way when i when i look at your online presence and uh, I, I really i'm attracted to that kind of that mind that you have mm -hmm. and it comes out in your work a lot so thank you for the work that you do I really oh, thank you that's lovely of you to say and i see a lot of that in your your business and the depth of what you provide to your customers and the community you've created is really admirable i try so mm -hmm. i know you try you try really hard and you you're yeah. making it, you were making it work so um it's uppercase.com if they want to talk to you uh uppercasemagazine.com 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 you're janine van Gool. And I'm yep. Deanne Fitzpatrick, and we are creating beauty every day. And that's the name of this podcast. And you can find me at hookingrugs.com, and you can find Janine at uppercasemagazine.com. <laughs> Thanks a lot. We're going to say see you later, and I'm going to stop recording.